housing that's driven by technology is more of a um, lingua franca. It's 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 not as dependent on what language you speak if you're using technology devices that are driven by scanning and numbers and barcodes. I'm Adam Polka. And I'm Bill Denby. Together, we'll be talking to supply chain experts from around the world who are tackling challenges in their corner of the industry. We believe that people are the change makers that drive innovation. That's why this supply chain podcast is about learning from those who lead by example. We hope that the conversations you hear will inspire you to drive change within your own organization. This is the Great Supply Chain Podcast. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Great Supply Chain Podcast. Bill, how have you been? Been great. I'm looking forward to this episode, hearing what uh, Tom has to say. So today we're going to be parachuting into a conversation that Bill had with Tom Campbell from Capacity. Enjoy. We'll be speaking with Tom Campbell, uh, Chief Strategy Officer at Capacity. Capacity is a trusted leader in order fulfillment, e-com distribution, and uh, Tom, I'm going to quote from your website. It says, Capacity provides complete fulfillment services to brands who don't just want vendors, but want partners. I love that quote because it really does sum up what I know about Capacity um, and your organization, how you do business with your, uh, with your customers. So, thanks, Bill. So thanks for joining me today, Tom. Uh, before we dive into our conversation about culture and technology in the warehouse, can you uh, please share with me uh, who you are and uh, what you do at uh, the Capacity Organization? Gladly, Bill. Thanks. So my name is Tom Campbell, and I'm one of the co-founders of Capacity. And for the last two decades, we've been building a fulfillment business that is dedicated to operating multi-client facilities. And we have about a million square feet in New Jersey. We have about a tenth of that in California. We have a presence in Chicago and in the UK. So I'm sure you've seen a lot of uh, generational changes throughout the years in your warehouse staff. Um, how do you describe the modern warehouse labor force? That's the Gen Ys and Gen Z workers that you're hired today. I'm curious. What are their needs and expectations, and how does that differ from previous generations in the warehouse? It's a pretty heterogeneous group, so it's hard to generalize, but I think that there was a point in time when a lot of hourly labor in the Northeast and even in California was from a, a primarily Hispanic-speaking population. We now have employees from all over the world. There's, there's a large population of sub-Saharan Africans working with us, and that's reflected in the office, too. Our engineers and our leadership are from everywhere. There are some from Senegal, some from Paris, some from the UK, and from all over the United States. So it is a much more polyglot, multinational group, and it skews younger and younger. I think that supply chain really came to be after World War II. And in the right through the 20th century, it had a reputation as being a little bit kind of older, dumpier, grayer. And it's become a hot field. And I think that we can thank Amazon in part for that, and also just the consumer expectations that Amazon has crafted, and e-commerce in general has propagated in, in all of the developed world and beyond, as well as trends like mobile. And the, the population working in the warehouse and around the warehouse reflects that. How are you adapting your company processes and culture to, to support this modern warehouse labor? So it's interesting. Early, early in the game, we would 
be differentiated in part because we didn't require people to have English as their first spoken language. My partner is bilingual in Spanish. I muddle along. A lot of our mid and senior management speaks Spanish. And we feel that warehousing that's driven by technology is more of a um, lingua franca. It's, it's, it's not as dependent on what language you speak if you're using technology devices that are driven by scanning and numbers and barcodes. Um, I would say that English is propagated more throughout the warehouse probably in the last 10 years than it was in the first 10 years. But still, technology is that common language. And people, I think, partly reflective of the, the contemporary generations, are just faster and faster to pick up on technology and to deploy it with, with less hesitation. Um, and that goes for my office teams as well as my warehouse teams. People are just a lot quicker to adapt. When we implemented a, a CRM, Salesforce, First in 2003, it was just me and uh, eventually a few people on the sales and marketing team using it. But when we deployed it across customer service in 2017, we probably lost a quarter um, of that team because they couldn't make the switch. I don't think that would happen today. I think it would be inconceivable that yeah. a uh, accomplished 10-year experienced customer service representative would uh, be unable or uh, unwilling to adapt to the latest tools. And I think that they now see it as part of their career development. It's it's part of their pathway to greater success. That's great. Um, so are there any issues or things you have to be careful about when dealing with the labor force of today? You know, I've heard a lot of the cliches about millennials, and I suppose I'm a Gen Xer, sort of, maybe right on the cusp of baby boomers and Gen Xers. And I've never really bought into that. So many of my engineers are quote unquote millennials. Well, they may be a little bit more sensitive in some ways and international in others and sophisticated in others. The truth is they work just as hard, if not harder, as the generations that preceded them. And they, like everybody in the company, have shown a willingness to roll up their sleeves and get their hands dirty. And that's pretty key in a business like mine. I came from the banking world. And when I helped start the company, I had a pretty quick wake-up call, um, partly because we were literally working in the warehouse every day when we forged the business. And we keep that culture alive today. We try to make sure that everybody who's coming on board, regardless of their role, breaks down the walls that traditionally exist between the warehouse and the office staff. During the Black Friday peak season, we all work in the warehouse. Even during COVID, where we isolated the office teams and worked on assembly jobs and not hip to hip, as we would usually do with the warehouse associates, we think it's really critical that warehouse associates have a career path. They have a way to move into other roles. My marketing analyst was first on the floor. Then she became our receptionist. Now she is a extremely talented marketing analyst. Um, and we have half a dozen people on our team who were receptionists who have moved into, in some cases, senior management roles. So that opportunity for upward trajectory is so inherent in, in human beings throughout the ages, but more so now than ever. And I think that you, know, you hear a lot about short tenure in the contemporary corporate environment. We don't have that. We have seven to 10 year veterans. I, I just promoted a couple of guys who work for me for more than the combined two decades in sales. They started in their 20s. They cut their teeth with us. They earned their stripes in the, in the truest sense of the word, and, and now they're officers of the firm. And I think if you if you shut that opportunity off to anybody, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. I think you really you know you don't want to promote people unnaturally, but if people have a drive and and a yen to move up and, and diversify their portfolio of skills, you need to support that. So I mean, these are obviously strengths. Are, are there any other strengths you've seen in this kind of more 
tech-savvy labor force that you're bringing into the warehouse today? They know a lot more about pop culture than I do. Um, <laughs> they are, uh, I think it's, it is a more egalitarian uh, generation by and large. You know, some of the, I mean, every generation, it, it seems, becomes somewhat more progressive. And, and I don't mean that in the political sense. I mean that in the sense of being open to new ideas, being open to people from other backgrounds, being open to the idea of, of travel and, and, and what that can bring you. And I think if you have a company that's growing, that's able to support some of those personal agendas, you can always craft greater and greater alignment between the company and the employees. And we have pretty good technology, but we have really great people. And if we don't keep those people aligned and moving in the right direction, we're not going to be able to provide a premium service for our clients, which is paramount. Well, I mean, I, I, that's, that's great, Tom. And I guess any recommendations you'd like to pass on to our viewers, the warehouse leadership who are listening to this conversation around the modern labor workforce? Always be willing to roll up your sleeves and go down into the warehouse. I, I just, I remember so many stories. I once showed up at my California facility in a suit with another sales guy in a suit, and I was just helping him with a sale. And the warehouse team had been working flat out, and the place looked it. And so we took off the jackets, rolled up the sleeves, and um, the security guard's jaw bounced off the floor as we proceeded to clean up the warehouse. Do it. Go down to the floor. See what's going on. Work with your people hip to hip. They'll really appreciate it. And you'll see a remarkable change in the culture, in their attitude, and your overall rate of success. That is, uh, that is really great advice, Tom. Thank you so much. Tom, thank you so much for your insights today. This has been very illuminating and very enjoyable to, to listen to, your, to the, uh, the key things that you have been telling us about dealing with the, uh, the labor force of today. Thanks, and, Bill. Thanks. Bill, that was, that was great. Thank you to Tom Campbell. I love the notion that technology is the lingua franca of, uh, of the warehouse, that, um, that background and, and experience and language, everything that tends to disconnect us can be reconnected or connected together by modern tech. And I think if there's one takeaway from this interview, it's that. Invest in your technology infrastructure because everything else sort of rolls out of, of that intelligent investment. Yeah, that's a great point because uh, it's almost a self-fulfilling situation. If you have the right technology, it's much more rapid to onboard, but you don't have to onboard that often because the people are happy using the technology instead of having to use stuff that they don't want to use. You know, Bill, I'm, I'm curious. So, so you're saying as they grow, what do you think about the scalability? Of, uh, of this kind of an operation. You know, you, you take it to the extreme and you've got uh, the, the Walmarts and the Amazons of the world where they're running these behemoth organizations uh, where it's extremely factory-like. Employee satisfaction uh, tends to take a backseat to operational efficiency. Uh, is, is the capacity model uh, effective when you scale it to the nth degree? I recently wrote a piece uh, called um, Comparing Amazon and Apple and their practices in the labor force and how, it paid, how it's paying them back, uh, which I will tell you didn't play well for the Amazon crowd. Um, I think the right leadership leading from the top, leading by example, 
creates a tone within your organization which scales, scales down throughout, uh, sorry, flows down throughout the entire organization, and that can scale as big and as fast as you wish it to. As long as you, you don't just talk the talk, you walk the walk as well, leaders can create the right atmosphere and the right um, uh, approach to the organization, and that will that will go throughout the entire organization, and then you can scale as quickly as, as or, or as or as broadly as you can. Just ask Apple. Right, right. One one of the things when when Tom was talking about the different generations, the different languages, the diversity um, within within the warehouse, and and that common thread, you know, technology being the common thread. I think about myself, my own. Uh, professional development, uh, my own uh, sort of work environment. And yeah, this is absolutely a generational thing. Uh, but the importance for me to feel fulfilled in the work that I do, um, I think plays very centrally into my motivation as an employee. Uh, and I think, I think that's what he's getting at, right? Technology. One, one of the things that, that I find interesting that's happening in uh, in the warehouse is this notion of gamification. Uh, sure, it increases efficiency, uh, but also it gives individual people within the warehouse, regardless of age, regardless of experience or whatnot, uh, the opportunity to engage in something that at the end of the day, if you perform, you feel fulfilled, you feel good about what you've done. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if that's one of these elements that um, that can be leveraged we, we have one uh, customer who put a big screen up in the warehouse and just simply uh, put some of the KPIs up there, right? And that increased um, productivity, yeah, that increased yeah. uh, efficiency, uh, just by virtue of saying, look, I want to be at the top of that leaderboard. To me, the feeling valued and feeling respected is a lot of it's got to do with... Um, it, you know, feeling like you're contributing is a very big part of it. Getting the right kind of feedback, feeling like you're involved in decision making. So it's more than just, you know, seeing that yourself on a leaderboard. I think there's a lot more to it that uh, that Tom talked about, right? Right, right. And I think that it's uh, the proof is shown out by the the the, the rapid growth of capacity. So. Uh, I think the, his a willingness to adapt uh, new technologies into the warehouse, take an engineering approach to uh, the uh, the way things work within the warehouse, uh, encouraging their their uh, the growth of their of their people, um, and uh, all those points that he laid out about getting involved as a leader, getting down and dirty into the warehouse, all those things, they pay back day in day out. As the organization grows, they pay back, and I think that's the uh, that's the trick. Right, right. So, listen. With with, with that, uh, we say farewell. Uh, until then, this has been the Great Supply Chain Podcast. Well, that's it for this episode, folks. Thanks for joining us. We hope that our guests have sparked some new ideas for you and inspire you to push the boundaries for your supply chain operation. New podcasts will be published on the first of every month. And in the meantime, please reach out. We want to know your thoughts about our guests, the topics we covered, and any ideas you might have for future episodes. You can email us at texaspodcast at texas.com. Let us know if you'd be willing to join us and perhaps share your perspective as supply chain experts. 
And please share us with a colleague and leave us a review. We appreciate your feedback as we continue to evolve the show and line up new compelling interviews. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified as soon as a new episode goes live. Until then, this has been the Great Supply Chain Podcast. I'm Adam Polka with Texas. And I'm Bill Denby. And thank you for tuning in.